0: Welcome to Points of Change, the show where, week by week, we chat with coaches, mentors, changemakers, visionaries, experts, and all sorts of people with incredible life transformation stories about how they transformed their lives, what have been their critical points of change, and how are they now helping others to create transformation in their own lives. Hope you enjoy the show. Make sure you like and subscribe. Well, welcome to Points of Change, and today I am being joined by a coach who is here to tell us not about FOMO, because you probably heard about that, she's going to talk to us about JOMO. If you don't know what JOMO is, boy, you're missing out. Uh, So stay tuned to find out with Carrie Spranzi. Uh, Let's get to it. Carrie, welcome to
1: the show. Hello, welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> we had a little chat a while back and, uh, and it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed speaking with you. We had a great time, uh, a really cool chat. And uh, one of the things that stood out to me about when we first got in touch about you being on the show, was you have this thing called JOMO. So let's not keep people into suspense too long, but what does JOMO stand for?
1: yeah so your audience has probably heard the term before it's been around for a little while jomo and typically and it started as the antidote to fomo right so fomo being the fear of missing out which i suffer from greatly i will be the first to admit i am a fomo junkie and so jomo came out as an antidote to that so this the idea was to find the joy of missing out so that You could be okay with saying no to something and then not have your FOMO eat you from the inside out. But in 2017, I got diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And like I said, just a moment ago, I am an extreme FOMO junkie. I do not like missing out. I am a yes for everything. I want to do all the things all the time with everyone. But when I got sick with cancer, that just, it simply was not possible. So. At one point in the journey, a girlfriend sat down with me and she was like, Carrie, maybe this is the time for you to finally embrace Jomo. And I was like, maybe. But then as I got thinking about it, I just was like, the traditional Jomo just does not work for me. It does not work for my personality. It makes me feel like I'm giving up. Like I'm surrendering not in a what will be, will be sort of way, but in a like, I can't do it anymore. I'm laying down. I'm giving up that type of a surrender. So I changed it. So now the JOMO for me stands for the joy of moving on. And what that looks like is instead of being sad about missing the party, getting honest with yourself about, well, the truth is there's really only one or two people at that party that I want to speak with. So what I'm going to do is call them up and say, hey, I can't make it to Susie's Barbecue, but I'd really love to see you. Can we set up a coffee date? So it's about just shifting your perspective and finding, yeah, the joy of moving on. Because, you know, let's be honest, life. look at what's happening right now, right, with the pandemic. We have all needed to learn how to find the joy of moving on when we can't see our family for a long time, live at least, or we can't go out to our favorite Bars and concerts and restaurants. So you know, how do we continue to be happy and joyful when all of that's going on?
0: Yeah. So yeah, it, it makes sense. I think there's a lot of people who are maybe quietly, maybe not so quietly, but suffering at these yeah. at these times, and and maybe people who might be even tuning into a bit of this, thinking, well. It's it's all good well you saying this, but how am I supposed to move on? It all feels, you know, it feels a bit too heavy for me. This is, you know, this is my life. This is my situation and it sucks. And uh, why, why the heck should I move on?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I totally, I totally understand that. Right. Because there, there are a lot of situations that super suck and cancer super sucked. It was really not fun at all but the joy of moving on made it for me at least so that instead of when the chemo treatments were coming up so i had colon cancer like i mentioned and the chemo treatments for colon cancer are like a three-day situation so you would you would go in or i would go into the infusion ward on a wednesday and i would sit there for like three or four hours and then i would get hooked up to a pump that i would wear from a tube coming out of my chest for the next To like noon on Friday. And then they would pull that out. I'd wait a week and do it all over again for like six months. So I had 12 rounds of these that I was doing and that four hours in the infusion. Well, the whole experience of chemo was awful, but Mm. that four hours of the infusion bay, you're sitting there with, you know, 10 or 15 other people going through, through their different cancer cocktail infusion i think it's funny first of all as a side note that they call it a cocktail because it sure is not as fun as drinking cocktails <laughs> i'll tell you that so
0: no.
1: but each cancer gets its own little cocktail and so what jomo did for me what the joy of moving on did was helped me shift my perspective of like yeah i gotta go to chemotherapy and it's awful it's not great it's not fun but i also can see it as three or four hours of super special one-on-one time with my family member or my friend that was coming with me we would play games we would laugh we'd tell stories we'd cry we'd chat with the people sitting around us so it started to chemo started to be i wouldn't go so far as to say something that i looked forward to but it certainly made them the upcoming less scary less awful because I would look at my calendar and be like oh yeah okay so this week John's gonna come and sit with me so that'll be fun I want to ask him about this I'll bring some mad libs because he's super funny we both love drag race so we'll talk about the next episode (laughs) or you know those types of things so it it gave me a diff a a way to look at those treatments uh, on a different side of those treatments
0: yeah yeah, definitely. I, I get what you're saying. And I kind of want to ask, have you seen UK Drag Race? Have you seen the finals? It's been oh, so, yes. good. so good. Oh, yes. Lawrence
1: Cheney, Lawrence I love Cheney. him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like him a lot i was happy but i was sad when ellie diamond got eliminated but i was happy with the win
0: yeah yeah, yeah exactly i thought lawrence or bimini i would have been Same. super happy just amazing they were all really good all really really good but yeah. those, those two were exceptional and uh it's been super entertaining so i'm glad you brought that up yeah, <laughs> really, i
1: totally agree yeah yeah
0: big congratulations <laughs> to lawrence janey not that he'll be watching right. this show um yeah, that'd be amazing. So, so let's yeah. come on to it from the from what you're describing, then it's really more of a reframe on your situation, uh, changing changing your perspective, choosing to uh, focus on and accentuate the positives and you know uh, eliminate uh, or ne- negate the negatives as much as you can. I've heard you know, very similar sort of stories from people before, you know, and mm-hmm. mindset is a big part of this. And it's kind mm-hmm. of your mindset. It's like where are you at? Are you viewing this as uh, as the worst thing possible, or could it actually be? bearable tolerable yeah what one thing that research some research has shown is that um most of the pain from things like injections um actually it happens or even like dentistry and like because this stuff yeah. does get investigated is the anticipation of pain, yeah. the expectation of it rather mm-hmm. than you know the actual jabbing of a needle into into your skin even into your mouth It's very momentary. It's really, uh, you know, it might sting a little bit, but it's tolerable for most people. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so from that perspective, the worst part of that usually ends up being our fear about it. That's the bit that we really struggle with. And it seems that that very much relates to what you're describing here in your situation as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, you're totally right. And I often when I talk with my clients, I often say like, you're afraid of a dragon. But in reality, it's just it's a shadow puppet. It's someone making the big dragon shadow on the wall, and you're terrified of it. But if you stop for a minute, and we kind of look at it from all sides and unpack it, it's really not as scary and horrible as it seems. And, and you're enti- you're totally right. So again, this joy of moving on this looking forward to having John, you be my special guest at my next chemo treatment. I could focus on you and you being there and our interaction and not the the chemo and how it's going to make my mouth taste and the shot and remind me like, oh, put the numbing cream on and then put the saran wrap over so that, it, you know, all of these types of things. So it helped me shift my perspective. And the other thing that I would offer too is that worrying about something that's going to happen in the future robs you of what's happening at this moment. Yeah. You know, so often, I in the beginning in particular, I was my brain was so preoccupied with, what if it doesn't work out? What if it comes back? What if they can't save me? I mean, I had colon cancer, so I had a colostomy bag for eighteen the whole 18 months that I was fighting that. I was like, what if I never get rid of this bag? What if for the rest of my life, you know? And I just worry, worry, worry. Meanwhile, I've missed my entire niece's sixth birthday party and the funny jokes and the kids being silly and the delicious birthday cake. I've just, it was, I, why was I even there? Because I wasn't there. I was off doing, in my mind, doing something else that in reality, you know, what ultimately ended up happening is none of that. You know, I don't have the bag and, and I am all fine. And of course, I don't mean to... Um, Trivialize what people go through because that's not always the case. I was really lucky in that. Yeah. but we all have the opportunity to be present in what's happening. One of the tricks that I use for myself and that I coach my clients on is that it at the end of the week or at the end of the day it really the time frame kind of depends on the seriousness and the intensity of of what's happening with you at that moment but is to go back and look at your highlights. So to go back at the end of the day today and say, you know, what were all of the great things that happened? I got to talk with my sister already today. I have a call with my other sister later this afternoon because she's in the U.S. and I'm in Amsterdam, so i got to wait for her to wake up. But we have a chat scheduled. I'm getting to chat with you. My husband's coming home and we're making one of our favorite salmon avocado salsa dishes with bok choy. So I'm looking really looking forward to that. that so there's good. some good. great... Yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> so there are some great there are, and there are little wins, right? I mean, it doesn't always have to be like, Oh, well, I won the lottery today, which would be amazing. But there's also all of these little things. And I think we often forget that there, life is whole, our whole life is happening all the time. And we tend to just narrow our focus on one little sliver of what's happening. Mm. Typically, the not so fun, little sliver of life that's happening. Meanwhile, the rest of it is, is still going on. So one tip that you and your clients can use and, and the listeners and, and my clients is look at the highlights, either daily, weekly, monthly, I do it at the end of the year to go back. And it also informs like, you know, where do, where does my joy really come from? Okay, I'm gonna do more of that.
0: Yeah, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate that. I think it's really, really powerful. I do know, though, from my own experience, when you're, when you're feeling really low, when you feel that life just sucks and nothing's going your way, it's very hard to bring those things to mind.
1: Totally. Absolutely. And that's where I think it's important to have, you know, Brene, talk, Brene Brown talks a lot about having like, she talks how she has this teeny little slip of paper in her in her wallet that she carries around that has the names of five people. And they're like her inner circle. They're the five people that know her the best, that really have earned the right to hear her full story, her tears, her anger, her all the things, right? And I would offer that even if you just have one person that is like your ride or die your champion your biggest champion you can call them up and say john i'm just i'm having a rough day and i'm having a hard time seeing any bits of sunshine in my life of what's going on and they can kind of help you and be like well i get that but didn't you just do a podcast yesterday with this really great you know or Lawrence Cheney won and that, that program, <laughs> you know, like you can just kind of find because they know you so well, they can help shift your perspective and remind you of things. And often what I'll do at the end of my highlight reel when I'm done writing down my highlights is I'll give it to my husband and be like, so did I miss anything? And he finds loads of stuff that I missed. I'm like, oh yeah, that was so amazing. I totally forgot about that party. That was really fun. And so Maybe that can be some help is to get an ally that can help remind you of all the cool, fun, big little things that have happened
0: yeah, yeah. in your life. Oh, yeah, yeah, my my husband's very good at doing that as well. So he's, he's definitely one of my people to do that. He'll, he'll always remind me what's good and, and how much we have to be thankful for. Uh, and I'll say, yeah. you know, I was thinking like last, last week was, uh, like, I think it was a week ago today It was International mm-hmm. Women's Day. Is that right? Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah,
1: I think so. Yeah, last yeah. week today. Yeah.
0: So well, time goes so quick. I lose track. But I, know. But I was thinking, <laughs> I remember thinking on the day about particular women who have been inspirational to me. I think I was even in a a clubhouse room where people were talking about that and thinking, yeah, it's a great thing to be thinking about. And uh, so I was thinking uh, really how how powerful some of the experiences have had, uh, particular influences from women in my life. And and initially I thought of uh, uh, someone who I've had on the show before, Joanna Martin, who, who's incredible. I mean, really uh, an inspiration for women, helping women. She's She was a big inspiration to me in getting into doing public speaking and, and becoming a trainer and a coach. Uh, and she's, she still is. She's amazing. And she's focusing now on more raising up women in, in leadership as well. She's doing amazing work there. But then I also thought about uh, something that was really important really to me because there was something that that saved my life and i think it ties in with uh, and i don't just say this uh, metaphorically uh, i think, I think uh, in, in in so many ways this uh, saved my life a friend of mine uh, again a, she's i've had her on my shows over the over the time but when i was going through some of my toughest challenges some of my lowest points
1: mm-hmm. I,
0: I was really struggling with it i was very much in that i couldn't reframe it i, I all I could think yeah. about was, like you say, nothing was good. Everything, it sucked all the joy out of everything. And, uh, it was very hard to think past it. It just felt like the end of everything. And it was I just it was kind of randomly calling me. And I was just sat on a, I think I was just sat on a hill outside and feeling sorry for myself mm-hmm. and uh, trying to enjoy the, watching the sunset, appreciating at least being in nature and things like that, but, um, yeah. you know, just trying to soothe self-soothe that's what it was it was trying to ease my own pain as best I could and had a conversation that changed changed my life I didn't know it at the time but she made me promise to start a gratitude practice yeah and she gave me the the tools to be able to do it and and the next day I started it you know I tell the story quite often especially in some of my speaking and uh, because it was such a powerful thing for me and I know a lot of people talk about gratitude but I say it saved my Mm -hmm. life because it just turn me around. I, I don't know. I don't think I would have ended my life or anything. Like that I wasn't in that place, but I was very much in, I didn't care whether there was a tomorrow or not. Yeah. I was like, the world could mm-hmm. end and it doesn't matter, you know, and that's where I was and just didn't care. That practice got me to start caring again. It got me to start yeah. thinking this, the, there are still things to be grateful for. And it is very much about what you focus on and to the point where every morning, every the morning, first the first thought in my head when I wake up, uh, unless I've had a very strange dream, is what am I grateful for? Yeah. Always. Yeah, it's
1: huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. And, you know, it is a lot of uh, people do talk about it a lot. And, and sometimes, you know, maybe even now in, in the times of COVID, right, gratitude lists might even seem a little, I don't know, cliche, or mm. just like, something that everyone's talking about. And, and listen, when you are in the depths of it, you know, when, when the shit in your life is like, you can't hardly see, and you just, you know, you're kind of just like jumping up above it. It, it can be really hard to wake up and and find gratitude, but it's important. And what I would say is start small. Mm. You know, I think sometimes too, we can get overwhelmed with our gratitude lists. And we think that it needs to be just grand and existential. But, you know, when I was going through colon cancer, I would be like, I'm pretty grateful today that I didn't, you know, poop my pants in public. Right. You know, I'm really, really happy for indoor plumbing. (laughs) I'm really grateful for the people before me who potentially gave their lives so that I could live with this colostomy in the stoma. Like that yeah. probably was not a great practice back in the day when it was the latest and greatest scientific advancement. That it was probably awful because it was, you know, not fabulous in 2017. Yeah. But in, I don't even know when the first one came out, but you know, in 1950, when they, or 1940, when they did the first colostomy, it was probably not a pleasant experience. And I'm grateful for those people. Yeah. So, you know, starting small and just like, I'm glad I have, you know, water coming out of my tap. I'm glad I feel strong enough to go outside and sit in the sunshine or sit in the rain.
0: Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. that was, that, that's some of what I talk about in my own experience. Like the first time, yeah. the first day that I did uh, gratitude, she said, my friend, Jules, she said, just find one thing. Um, yeah what's uh and I'll tell you something else that's funny about it in a moment but she said just find that one thing initially uh one thing a day for the next week and then I'll check in with you mm-hmm. and so uh, I was like I can't really think of anything <laughs> and, uh, and it was quite warm you know it was quite a warm day but the the window was cracked open and there was a little breeze coming through and I so I thought okay I think I can be grateful for that that feels quite nice a cool gentle breeze on a hot uh, yeah. on a warm day I can be grateful for that but it seemed inconsequential it seemed insignificant And uh, I think at the end of the first week, I sort of got a bit better at it. And when I checked in with her, Mm -hmm. it's like, how'd you go? How'd you go with the gratitude? Because she made me promise to do it and I agreed I'd do it. So I did it every day and said, well, Mm -hmm. you know, I just feel like I'm just finding stupid things to be grateful for, Uh, just like going through the motions. She said, well, stick with it, stick with it. And uh, so then try and find three things a day. Uh, And so the next next week I did three things a day. Eventually we built up to, I think about just to five a day, but we still kept it fairly simple. But even mm-hmm. now, every day is like a simple practice for me of just three things a day. That's that's what I need to find. I will often find more, yeah. but I write down in my journal three things a day that I'm grateful for. Uh, and that's enough, it reminds me. Uh, and sometimes they are stuff that might seem quite banal, uh, but but, right. but quite often it's stuff, stuff that's kind of big as well. And it just encourages me and I can flick through my journal and find all these things that I've got to be grateful for and remind myself of how good how good I've got it. Uh, and even and, and I can also set myself to how good I can take it as well as so that. Let's uh, right. let's see if we can go even bigger than that. But the yeah. thing that's funny that I just wanted wanted to sort of yeah. follow on with that is that when I told that story, I've told it many times on stage. But when I actually told that story to my friend Jules, thinking it was such an impactful moment in my life, right. She didn't remember. It. <laughs>
1: the friend that suggested it didn't remember, it. I mean, not
0: not significantly. Yeah. Well, isn't no, that she, funny? she remembered yeah. talking about it. She kind of remembered of she course. didn't remember it as such a big thing. She didn't remember it as having, she didn't realize quite the impact it had, had on me. And as I said, to her, she didn't realize it was something that I talk about as being uh, a thing that really saved me from from myself and from the stuff that I was going through. But it did it made a it was such a huge impact. And well, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you bring—you know—it's interesting because you bring up—you bring up a really interesting point that I also kind of discovered throughout my cancer journey, which is that we never know what how our words and our actions are really, truly how they're really, truly going to impact someone. And by sharing our stories, like so many of us, particularly when you're going through something like a like a health diagnosis. It can be challenging or depression, for example. It can be really challenging to talk about it with others because you don't want to be the center of attention. You don't want to seem like the little black rain cloud. You don't want it to be the only topic that's ever discussed, right? Like, so it can be really hard. Plus, I found when sometimes when I would talk about what was going on with me, you know, oh, I'm in the middle of this cancer battle, how, you know, we would catch up. For example, I'd be with, you You and I would be catching up. You'd ask how I'm doing. I'd tell you kind of where we're at in the whole journey and the battle. And then I'd say, and what's going on with you? And so often I would hear, oh, you don't want to hear what's happening with me. It's nothing compared to what you're going through. It's like, it's not about comparison. What's big and heavy for me to carry is what's big and heavy for me. And what's big and heavy for you is big and heavy for you. But throughout each of our journeys and for us sharing, again, with that inner circle, those people who have earned the right, not necessarily with everyone, but something that I will say about my journey and something that's helping me might be the thing that that saves someone's life, to your point. And so many people... I have so many experiences like that. A girlfriend with me, we were walking and I was crying to her about like, I'm so scared. I don't want cancer to change me because I had watched it change people in my life who I love into angry, bitter, passive aggressive, not fun people to be around anymore. And they're 20 years in remission and they're still that way because they're so mad that it happened. And I did not want that to happen to me. And I just said, I don't want cancer to change me. And my girlfriend said, sweetheart, cancer's going to change you, but you get to decide how. I mean, like a lightning bolt, right? It shifted everything for me. She doesn't remember. She remembers walking in the park with me, but she doesn't remember that she said that to me. And I'm like, my God, I practically have that tattooed across my back. Are you kidding? It's like the most, (laughs) one of the most influential things anyone's ever said to me. So I think... It's a message for our listeners and our friends and the people in everyone's life that it's also equally important to hold space for people to listen to their stories, to nece- not necessarily try to fix it for them, but to just say, you know, this is what this is what works for me when I'm feeling low, because you never know what's going to be the secret sauce for somebody.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know? that's very true. The, uh, I work a lot with coaching clients, and you may have similar experiences, but some of my clients don't really want to talk. Uh, mm-hmm. And that they want, and that they, they, some of them want the feedback, they want feedback, some. Uh, so interactivity, they want to know someone's really listening to them and and offering some direction in ways of thinking and asking good questions to them.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: some of them just want somebody there that they can talk to and open up to and and, yeah. and say what's going on because they don't have those people in their lives or they don't want to burden somebody or, or, or they just don't mm-hmm. feel that they're in a position where they can confidentially share stuff that's going on for them or that right. they're thinking about uh, because the, their circle, they don't have like what you're talking about with Breno Brown suggesting they maybe don't have that or or they don't feel it's appropriate with some things they can just freely mm-hmm. talk without without being judged and have someone who's really going to listen to them and be on the end of the line, that's very yeah. powerful uh, really really very powerful stuff so yeah, I definitely
1: yeah.
0: get what you're saying with that, but sometimes even then sometimes you just find yourself saying or asking a question and you think, it, you think nothing of it and, then, and they're going to oh wow, yeah I'd never thought of that. that that changes things
1: right yeah yeah exactly i i was talking with a client the other day and he said anxiety is something that he struggles with a little bit and he made a comment near the end of our session this last last week and he was like yeah i think i'm just gonna always be a little anxious and i was like okay wait hold on press pause on that for a second you, why, why are you saying that? You know, why are you creating that for yourself? You're like, you're just acknowledging like, yep, I guess I'm just going to be anxious forever. That's, you know, yeah, certainly for some people it's, it's much more than just a mindset thing. There might be some chemical imbalances some some traumas and you know, that that's a bigger issue to work through. But, but I was like, you know, so much of what you're talking to me about for, for someone might be just, I'm concerned or I'm a little worried about how this new employee is gonna perform, for example. But the way you describe it to me is anxious. So can you differentiate for me, in your mind, what is anxiety and what is sort of normal, natural concern or worry? Like, you know, in your mind, what's the difference? And for him, he was like, whoa never even thought about that or considered that. And for him now, it's shifted everything. He's almost started to to pull that word anxiety out of his vocabulary because he just had never thought of it that way. It's just like, when I feel this way, boom, it's anxiety. And it's like, well, but wait a second. It's okay to be concerned, a little nervous, a little, yeah, worried for a minute. So yeah, it's interesting.
0: It is. I I feel like one of the cornerstones of personal development, in my opinion, is the principle of moving people from effect to cause. Mm-hmm. And so it's this idea that if you haven't come across the idea of cause and effect in relation to personal development for is the state of being like being in effect is you are controlled by your circumstances and everything's going on in the world around you. that right. That decides your emotional state that determines how you show up. The world happens to you. Right. Whereas being at cause is more of a, you are deciding your own emotional state. You are, regardless of what's going on around you, regardless of mm-hmm. whether we're judging things to be good or bad in life, you are choosing a particular emotional state to show up and experience your life in probably right. one of the foundational principles i would say in personal development but also one of the things that is undoubtedly the hardest thing to do in fact, i remember one time having a you might like this but i was having a conversation with a very dear friend of mine more like a sister than a friend belinda and mm-hmm. and uh, she'd had a really crappy day like she was an event manager at an event everything was kind of going wrong at The mm-hmm. event. people were on her case the whole time yeah and she was really struggling to get through it and she's telling me mm-hmm. all this I'm Letting her unload, and she then says to me, And how do you think I feel? And I just said, "Mm, In effect, oh no, (laughs) you're gonna back away, back away. (laughs) But then she recognized (laughs) it, but then she recognized it it. and said, No, you were right, it was in effect. And and she said, Just you saying that is like probably the only person who could have got away with it in that situation, (laughs) but it made me recognize, like you said, your friend from I have a choice here. But it is, right. it is the hardest thing to do, to reframe yourself on your life and mm-hmm. and things that are going on, especially when it seems bleak or it seems like everything's going wrong or everything you touch turns to crap or you don't yeah. see a way out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the reframe and to have people who can kind of help you, you know, be like, OK, I hear what you're saying. Take a step back, you know, and it's wonderful to have if you don't have that, you know, inner circle that can do that for you or that one or two per- people in your life that can they can really hold you to account right, and keep you honest, keep you accountable. To, and part of that being ca- held to account is they need to know what it is that you want to have happen, right? Or, you know, like I'm on a mission to be happy and not all day, every day, but happy, right? There's moments where I'm, I, I still get frustrated and, and I get upset and I get disappointed, but then I go back to being happy. And the people in my, my husband and a couple of other people in my life know that that is like my non-negotiable. And so they hold me to it. So when I, I am just like get on the grumpy wheel and just and complaining and kind of this, they listen and then they're like, okay, and then what's the awesome thing out of this or what's the lesson? And I've coached them a little bit about like what I want them to ask me and how to look. But this this friend of yours, you know, for you to see that and be like, okay, so what I'm hearing is, is that really you're just frustrated because you feel like you're ineffective right now. She's like, oh yeah, the sky is not falling. I'm just not happy with the way that this turned out. And it's, it is a big mindset and it's so helpful to have coaches and people in your life that can remind you of those things. So you don't fall into a pit of despair. <laughs>
0: I, I think it is, but you know, there's also that perspective from when you are a coach, you know, to to don't coach everybody. Not everybody wants, not everybody wants coaching. Like sometimes you do just need to be the friend who's there for people Absolutely. to unload on, and mm-hmm. or just just be there. Hold, As like you said, hold the space for them and and listen and and see what people really need. You know, I, I would always say to people, do you want some coaching on that? or do you just want me to listen? Because I think that's really important. It's like, I can go into coach mode, but what do you need? (laughs) What what do you, what do you want here? Yeah, Yeah,
1: it's true. It's really true. Sorry. Yeah. A girlfriend of mine said to me the other day, she was just like, yeah, every time I talk to my husband, he instantly is like, okay, so what do you want me to do to fix it? And she's like, I don't want you to, I don't need or want you to fix it. I just want you to listen. I just want you to hear what I'm saying and just acknowledge like, yeah, that sounds like that was a really tough meeting or you had a really hard day, Sound, you know? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with me and not like, okay, so what are you trying to tell me? What do you want me to do to fix it? So yeah, it is important to ask. Do you want some coaching on that? Do you just want some listen? You just want me to listen? And then some acknowledgement because listen, shit days happen, right? Hard stuff happens, disappointments happen and you get to be upset, and angry and sad you get to feel all of those things you know the challenge then just becomes when it be that becomes sort of the driving base emotion motivation or demotivation right. in your life and then that's when you know the joy of moving on can kick in this
0: is it i mean we're not saying your emotions are wrong
1: mm-hmm. we're, we're
0: just saying you don't have to be at the mercy of them all the time and, exactly. uh, and i know from other people I, i've spoken to you know when the when the worst things in life are happening to you when that's your reality of course you've got you've got the shock to deal with you don't know how you're going to react in those situations i mean that mm-hmm. i i feel almost fortunate to say like i i've I faced sort of life-threatening situations but they haven't been like health diagnoses and things it's been like you know i was 12 years as a flight attendant we had some ropey situations in the sky, right? Um, you know, it still did not put me off flying, going, no, I'm still here. But having things like landing gear won't come down, and, or oh, we need to land sea, and I think I did want to have time to have an engine go out, and things there's just like, ooh, probably, you know, I could go on but I won't. But facing these situations where your life was in imminent danger, and at the time, it, it can be terrifying and you never really know how you're going to be until you get into those situations yourself but whatever happens is kind of okay and Mm -hmm. uh, you know you might be terrified you might you might go over the top and overreact or you, you know, might get hysterical or you might stay calm and, mm-hmm. and you might be okay with it and and it might be different in different situations totally it's, it's okay uh, and your emotions are there for a reason but if that ends up that you can't get out of that emotional state and that's how you you can't live your life like that not effectively anyway so it starts to override or seep into everything else that's when you maybe at least want to have some awareness of Uh, you don't have to experience life like this. You could move out of it, but you're probably going to need a bit of help to do it. I think it's always hard to shift these things by yourself.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and what I'm hearing is, and what you and I are both talking about and what Jomo is all about is knowing and understanding and believing that you always have choice. And sometimes it, it can feel like that is not the case. And, and, You don't always have choice about everything, right? Like we don't have the choice of like, no, I'm not going to participate in the pandemic. Like that's not happening. I don't have that choice, but I can choose how I want to feel. I can choose how I want to set up the interactions with my friends. I can, there's so much within this situation that I do have choice over. And, and yeah, indeed some. There are some aspects that happen to me in my life where I can coach myself through it. And then there's other times when I need to call in the big guns because I am having a hard time seeing the way out.
0: Yeah, there is...
1: You know, seeing the bright points. Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm a a big fan of stoic philosophy. And you know I'm bringing some more people into the show to talk about it because I think it's such a powerful school of philosophy. And so much Mm -hmm. of, I feel like so much of modern personal development effective personal development comes from that certainly cognitive behavioral therapy is based on it and and that's one of the things to me that makes it very powerful but the reason why the reason why i bring up here is because one of the things that comes up as a principle of that is that the only thing we really can attempt to control is how we respond to things we can't always control our emotions we can't control always the world around us we can attempt to influence of course but the only thing we can ever truly be said to control is how we respond to things which I agree with, and, and I think I found that very helpful. It's like you shouldn't, don't feel guilty for the emotions, don't feel guilty for, for panicking, don't feel that you've done anything anything wrong or, or, or that you are anything less than. The thing is that you do get to choose, once you, once you get past that, you get to choose how you respond if you take the time to have the conscious awareness around it, if you take that step back, and if you struggle to do it by yourself, as you say, call in the big guns, get some help. That, yeah. that's sometimes that's one of the hardest things to do as well, right? Even just reaching out for help seems very hard. If people feel guilty for bringing other people into their crap, I don't want to bring you down. And, you know, so it's, oh, it's too depressing. Or, you know, I just want to feel sorry for myself. Have my yeah. uh, have my pity party and, and no one's invited.
1: Yeah, it's really funny. You know, it, men and women, we're, we're so different in so many ways, but we're really similar. And one of the ways I think we're really similar is that Men have a hard time talking about and feeling and showing and and addressing and naming and acknowledging their feelings because they don't want to be perceived as weak. And often women, particularly moms, mothers, have a hard time doing that as well because they want to be seen as strong and capable and being able to do it. So meanwhile, here we both are. No one's talking about really what's going on with us because we want to be perceived as strong and capable But my experience has been that when, again, you talk with your partner or the people close around you about what's going on and they support you and lift you up and walk alongside you and see you through on the other side, you're a bigger badass than you were before. Because they've, they know the truth of what's happening. It isn't this facade of a happy face and the Instagram filters and the, all of that. They know really truly what's going on with you and they have witnessed you come out the other side. You, I mean, what more do you need to be perceived and seen as a strong, capable human when you've let those, those inner people those inner people in and it makes it so much less for you to carry because you know that there's someone walking alongside of you that's there to to listen to you and to hold you when you want to cry and give you a hug when you feel unsafe and you know all of those all of those small things that make a big difference to us when we're in the midst of it
0: yeah and there there may be there may even be people listening to it I i know i've been in places in my life where i felt like no one was there and mm-hmm. uh, sometimes in those in those sorts of spaces, even when you bring people you do know, or maybe you have known for years, and mm-hmm. maybe struggle to get hold of them, uh, it feels like you know. It starts to feel like, well, even they don't want to hear from you, even if they're just like, well, I was out, so I didn't have my mobile. Yeah. And so you know, there there is you know, people have often referred to it as a loneliness epidemic, and like if you don't have somebody, I think that that has to be one of the toughest parts, but there's always somebody you can go to but you have to be willing to have a bit of vulnerability and it may not be someone you know right now
1: but Mm -hmm. you may have to
0: create those relationships in in your life if you don't have them but one thing i think is probably almost certainly for sure if you don't have them that's contributing at the very least contributing to how you feel that yeah it's probably making things feel worse because you mm-hmm. you don't ha- you don't get to share your experience, so staying solo, staying away from everybody, isn't going to help that, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I, I totally agree, and the it's it's right. It's sort of like a chicken and and the egg situation, I guess, if you will, or damned if you do and damned if you don't. You can feel like, well, I'm so lonely. I don't have every anyone around me, but then not taking at least a little bit of of ownership or action to to find a coach if there's no one in your inner circle that you feel comfortable with finding a coach or reaching out to one or two people it just exacerbates i completely agree with that and yeah yeah,
0: it's the things i wanted to touch on before before we start to wrap things up is what kind of in your opinion that in what way does forgiveness relate to joy of moving on
1: Oh my gosh, forgiveness is huge. So forgiveness is a, is a huge component of it because I mean, how many times in your own life or people that we know in our lives who hold a grudge, who have not been able to forgive someone or something that has happened. And, and it really does. It really becomes the captain of their ship, right? It's a little bit of of what... So forgiveness is... I heard someone say the other day, which I completely believe, and I, I, it was a feeling that I had had, but she was able to put words to it, which was great. She was like, forgiveness, well, one, forgiveness does not mean that what happened is okay. That like, oh, it's, you know, it doesn't make what happened okay. And forgiveness is so much more often for ourselves than for the person who quote unquote wronged us or that we're offering forgiveness to. By offering forgiveness of, you know, recognizing that hurt, only hurt people hurt people, that everyone is doing the best they can with the tools that they have, that, you know, I am still worthy, even though this happened to me, and that I can forgive you because, of what you have going on in your life. I don't need to let you back into my life, but I can forgive you means that I can now set this weight down and be lighter as I go forward on my journey. But we so often, if you don't offer forgiveness, you just carry this around. You carry the hurt, the anger, the unworthiness, the, the, you know, all the things that, that come when we, have been hurt emotionally or physically from anyone. So, so forgiveness is, is huge. And one of the one of the, the tricks that I, or the tools that I walk my clients through is to just journal or write down uh, what happened, what happened, how do you feel about it? And then I say, you know, what, what might be some generous assumptions you could give this person about why they did this can you step into their shoes for a moment into their life as much as you know about their life and and just stand in there and look around for a minute in their space and see if there's something again not to make it okay you know it's not about validating and making it okay it's just saying okay yeah i see where you know, if, this yeah, if you can happened. take
0: yourself and your own emotions out of the situation, and like, well, why, why might this be happening, and mm-hmm. make it that not about you, so you don't need to take that situation personally, you realize mm-hmm. it is actually not about you when you start to do that because it never is, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. and so it, it's, it's always always about them. You know, not say so that you may not have influence on that, or you know, you may not trigger something okay. in somebody, but it's still about them and what's going on with them. So when you can take yourself out of the situation and look at it. Throw, if, if I'm not involved in this, what do I see going on here? What are the emotions? What maybe are some of the causes? It does, you don't necessarily need to know for sure, but it does at least get you seeing things in in a bit more of an objective kind of manner to sort of say, okay, this isn't at least all about me. And, and that there may be other things at play. Perhaps I can be a bit kinder to people. And, and uh, yeah. again, you don't have to accept awful behavior. You don't have to mm-hmm. say anything's okay, but you can at least maybe uh, not carry that with you or think that they're doing that because you're terrible or because there's a, right. necessarily something that you've done or said. And yeah, I, I think it's important to be able to put things into a, a better perspective.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then I, I think it's super important to just see, to just stand in their shoes for a moment and just see what it might look like in their life. And then I, I suggest then you write a letter to them telling them what their how their actions affected you you don't have to send the letter sometimes the people that we need to forgive are no longer with us you know sometimes it's our parents or our grandparents and they've passed but just writing that letter getting it out telling them is helpful to release that and then following that up um, with what you've learned from that experience and almost if you can go so far as to thank them in that letter for the lessons that you learned. Again, you don't have to send it. It's not making it okay. It's not giving them an invitation back into your life, but it's just, you know, even, I never want to go through cancer ever again, and I would never wish it on my worst enemy. And I am so grateful for the experience yeah. in my life. It, it changed everything for me. So that's kind of what I'm talking about is being able to step back and see it and see what are the small lessons that I learned. And maybe it's just I learned about myself that I tend to surround myself with a particular type of person and they're toxic for me. So, okay. So now I know, thank you for pointing that out to me. Now I know I need to find tools, a coach, friends, something to help me figure out how to choose a different circle to be in.
0: Yeah. It's, it's almost like really being able to give yourself hindsight whilst it's going on.
1: Yeah, you know, we, sometimes, we we can yeah. all
0: usually see things a bit better further on, and, and, and I know even like we talked about some of the lowest points are, that I've experienced and, and you as well. that uh, and looking back now, you can actually be grateful for those experiences, and maybe at the time you don't feel so. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, I'd actually rather not be experiencing this. It, it pretty much sucks. But uh, totally, yes. but you know, later on, you're thinking, okay, I actually am so glad that I've been through that. It's, it doesn't make everything wonderful, but it does at least start mm-hmm. to give you the possibility to have a better experience and to not see everything so negatively. It's like, I, I always feel inspired by Hal El, if you know him, the Miracle Morning mm-hmm. Guy, about his story of talking about how he, he basically had a car crash when he was younger, that he, he didn't think, the doctors didn't think he would ever walk again afterwards. And, and he decided, you know, he let himself feel sorry for himself. For, he thinks something like five minutes and then decided, hmm, gonna pick myself up and gonna be as happy as I can be. We can do that, you know, and it's tough is <laughs> so one of the, maybe one of the hardest things to do. And it takes some real force of will sometimes, right. but we can do it. We can, we can choose how we want to experience our lives. And, and my friend half puts it, you know, paint the world with black or paint it with white. It's your choice. Uh, exactly. We can all do with reminding ourselves, we always have that choice. Sometimes you'll be painting it with black and you won't even realize you're doing it. And maybe you can at least have the awareness of it and decide, well, I'm okay with it. Or, choose something else. And that's what we want. We want people to have that awareness and know that there are other choices.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I, in the middle of cancer, when I was having this, this, the stoma and the colostomy bag, and I was having so many problems with it, I mean, I was just like, I hate everything. I was just angry, mad, and it made everything worse. Like cleaning it made it worse. The, the pulling the barrier that sticks to your skin off hurt and just like, I mean, and I would cry and it just made the whole situation awful. I still had to do it. It didn't, because I felt awful and was pissed off and crying and angry and frustrated and all of those things didn't mean I didn't still have it. I still had the stoma. I still had to clean it. I still had to do all the things that come along with it. Yeah, The being in that space made it even worse. Conversely, when, you know, two days later, I'd be in a good mood for, you know, I'd been able to do some of these tools. I'd been able to realize, to use your terminology, that I had been painting the walls black, the world black for the last two days. And I said, okay, today I'm going to do this different. I'm going to choose different. I'm going to do it white today. It made it funny. It made it, you know, the absurdity and the ridiculousness of it made it even like I could laugh and make jokes and it made it go super fast it wasn't very painful and then i would get done and be like you know what? actually that's this is not that big of a deal but two days ago i was like oh my god this is the worst thing that could have ever happened to me so yeah i mean it's a matter it's practice it's practice right progress over perfection and just starting over just because I painted yesterday and the day before black, as it relates to this stoma thing, doesn't mean, okay, today can be white. I just start again. You just start again, start today, start where I'm at. I'm going to just laugh about this instead of cry. I'm going to choose to laugh about this instead of cry. I'm going to make, you know, jokes about this instead of curse. I'm going to, and, it, and it's a choice and it really shifts everything because a lot of what is going on you really can't change. I couldn't change that stoma situation right there, you know? And it forgiveness allows I was just thinking as you were talking that before you offer forgiveness it can almost feel like there's like a lion sitting on your chest and he's gonna eat your face off and you can't breathe because he's so heavy. And then as you start to offer forgiveness and go through these tools, he just changes to a little house cat that then is like, you know. <laughs> Licking your mustache, you can breathe. You want to pet it. Like it just kind of shifts it. Going going back to this like dragon and shadow puppet thing. Mm. It, it takes some of the scariness out of it and allows you to just step back and look at it and be like, you know what, if things are okay. This is not. This is not going to devour me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Kerry, mm-hmm. we, we've had a wonderful conversation. I think it's been very powerful. I hope that people watching and listening find it very uh, useful as well and uh, and can take some things away from it where where can people come and find out more about you and jomo
1: so they can find out more about me and jomo on my website which is carryoncoaching.com carry spelled like my name k-a-r-e-y because i like to teach people to keep calm and carry on so carryoncoaching.com is where you can find me and i'm on instagram at carry underscore on underscore coaching I'm in Clubhouse. I host uh, three rooms a week in Clubhouse where we talk about creating resilience, how to find the joy of moving on. So that's on Mondays and and Instagram. Yeah. So Instagram, my website and Clubhouse, probably the, the three places I'm most active right now.
0: Excellent. So. Is it? Yeah. Last time we spoke, we talked about the carry on films, carry on. Uh, the English people tuning in will, will, will probably know about. Maybe yes. if they're very young, Maybe they won't. But young. did you get a chance to check them out? Check them
1: out. I did not get a chance to check them out. However, the jokes that you and I exchanged and sort of the like you you familiarizing me with what that genre is, it's it's you got how I talk. Yeah, I'm just really like, oh, that's so me. They're,
0: they're classics, <laughs> classic <laughs> British comedy. There you go. Kerry, it's been a real pleasure chatting <laughs> to you today and, and I'm sure we'll stay connected as well and, and chat more in the well, future, that's at that's the very true. least about Drag Race and other things, things as well. Yeah, uh, it's, but it's been a real treat to have you on the show. So thank you for coming and joining me on Points of Change.
1: Oh, it was my pleasure, John. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I'd love to come back and talk all things Drag Race. That sounds amazing. (laughs) That's a different podcast.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Kerry. Exactly.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Remember to like and subscribe. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. It does help other people to find the show. If you'd like to be a guest on Points of Change or you know someone who'd make a great guest, then please get in touch with the show. The best way to do that is by email john at presentinfluence.com. If you'd like to join us in our live audience when we record the shows, please get in touch with me on social media. We can give you all the links. We'd love to see you again on the next episode of Points of Change.